Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm sitting in a studio with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, yes. We're still doing this bullshit where Can it's his put... name first. Yeah, Matt's still first. Wait, he's going to do it for six months. And then it's my turn? Again, then yes. you get <laughs> six months on, six months off. It's how it always is. All right, we're I'm... FIFO. Yeah, that's what we're like here at Do Go On. Uh-huh. 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 Aha, uh-huh, one, two, let me just uh, say. <laughs> a catchphrase I developed on the island of Koh Mate, Samui. you have done that for many years. Too many years, but it went public. <laughs> you, you're very versatile. You can do sound checks. One, two, aha. Uh-huh. Aha, uh-huh, one, two. <laughs> check, check, yes, aha. Uh-huh. They're all my go-to catchphrases. Which is great because I never know what to say when somebody says, oh, just give me a level. I'm always like, this is me talking. Oh, Hello. One, 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 one. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh, I, I just start uh, talking normally like, you know, like this. Uh, <laughs> and they go, oh, I have to turn this up so much more. And then anyone else gets on the mic, it's like, Hello! <laughs> Are you calling me a quiet talker? Yeah, you're a, you're a quiet and low talker. Quiet, low talker. 
Your tone is low. It's a bit of a power Lacking. move. Tone, tone low. Yeah. It's a power move because people have to really yeah, shut yeah. up and listen. I want them to lean in. Yeah. <laughs> That's mainly the women. Lean in, ladies. <laughs> okay, yeah. Is that what that means? Sure. <laughs> when they say women should lean in, they mean to listen to me, Matt Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. That is what they mean. Or lean in for smooches oh. if they want. Is that what feminism is all about these days? If they want. Okay. Yeah, it's about you making your own choice. Yeah. Lean in and make your own choices. Yeah, lean in and give me a smooch if that's what you want to do. Lean in and then lay back if you want to have a rest. That's up to you. That's so fine. Either's good. Great. You can lean all the way in until you're lying on your front. <laughs> I love a front lie. Hmm. Love <laughs> Dave's looking yeah, just, a uh, concerned. Just, uh, remaining dangerously quiet. Oh, my yeah. God. Matt, yes. today I had a juice at a cafe. Sorry to break. Okay. And the juice was called... Sass Queen. Oh. How good is that? It would have been hard not to. Have that juice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be an idiot if I didn't order that. Was it delicious? Well, were you embarrassed to order it? God, no. I, I said have one Sass Queen and a juice, please. <laughs> <laughs> I said Sass Queen for the Sass Queen. And she went, okay, because oh, everyone does that. Yeah, you look down and there's nine women waiting for their Sass Queen. <laughs> yeah. The point, the, what made me think of that was that it, um, Sass twins today. We were already firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to be a great episode for us. Because when Dave does his reports, uh, Jess and I become, we form like a two-person Voltron into yeah. the Sass queen. Oh, Is yeah. that it? The Sass twins. Sass twins. Yeah. We could never be royalty. No. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, we look forward to that. This is a show where we report on a topic uh, usually suggested by a listener, which we'll get to in just a second. But mm. first of all, fun announcement. Woo! I had a juice. I already did the fun announcement. Yeah. I told them about Sass Queen. Yeah, Move on, was, Dave. Uh, that was great fun. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear more about that. Uh, <laughs> All right. It had uh, oh, strawberry, pineapple, watermelon, and there's something else in there. Mint, I think. That's sassy. In a mason jar. Love that shit. Yes. Jess, okay. people are literally on the edge of their seats for this fun <laughs> announcement. It could be anything. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I've found a cure. <gasps> Yes. For people that are sad in Brisbane on August 11th because we're coming to your town. <laughs> yeah. We are heading up north for the first time in nearly two years to do a live show at the zoo on uh, August the 11th in Fortitude Valley. That's, okay. It's not the actual zoo. It's not the, it's not the Brisbane Zoo. It is the zoo, Brisbane's finest live music venue, according to the website. Uh, Did we yes. ask if the zoo zoo was available? Well, we d- there was an administrative error. I thought we were performing <laughs> in front of a primate enclosure, as Matt requested. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, we're in... Sadly, we're in Brisbane's best live music venue. I, I didn't ask for a primate enclosure. I asked for a primate uh, non-enclosure. I wanted to get in there, take down the wall, yep. and let man and monkey live as one. Do you reckon we could borrow a monkey from the zoo for the show? I don't. Look, I've become in recent times a primate advocate, and I don't think it's very fun or funny of you to suggest that we should have a monkey come into our show as entertainment? No, no, no. I just meant like for their expertise. Oh, okay. Yes. In that case, definitely. Yeah, great. Most of them are professors. (laughs) The chimps, that is, the apes. The monkeys, idiots. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yes, so soon summary. And I don't know if I've told you guys this. I'm going to tell you and the listeners at the same time. This could be our 200th episode. Could be? It could be. It will be. Oh. I'm starting oh. right here live. Forgot to mention that off air. We're doing it. Lock it in. 200th yeah, episode. And uh, the way that it's going to work, it's an afternoon show, and we're going to do the 200th episode first, have a little break, and then we're going to come back with a do-go-on interactive quiz. Oh, man. We did this in Leeds uh, one time on our UK tour, and it was so much fun. So, so fun. It was in Leeds, right? Yeah, was that was it, Leeds, the, yeah. yeah, in the locker room or yeah. the, the something like that. It was so fun. It was great. Dave came out, nipples showing. Whoa, yeah. don't give away my tricks. <laughs> That's my opener. Matt did some push-ups. Yeah. I didn't do anything above uh, my pay grade because yeah. I won't. I refuse. Mm-hmm. But gonna, I might this yeah, time. bring the leg press onto stage and <gasps> you will be pushing a car uphill. Easy, no problem. Live. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, anyway, so August 11th, tickets are not quite on sale, but they will be at the uh, throughout this week sometime. So yeah. keep an eye on our social medias. Which you can find at uh, Do Go On Pod on either Facebook, Instagram, or the other one. Twitter. Twitter. And we're and now we've got an event page on dogoonpod.com where that'll be the first place we'll put it. So keep your eyes peeled. Brisbane, August 11th. Really hope to see you there. And uh, the following week, Jess and I will remain in town to do three shows. Mm. We, have we announced this yet? No, we haven't actually. This we're is exciting. Doing a, I think it might be the first time we've ever done a stand-off show together. Yeah. So we're doing three nights. I can't remember what nights they are. The venue is... <laughs> <laughs> Heya. Heya Bar. We're yeah. at Heya and In we're doing Fortitude it... In Valley. Uh, just pad for a sec. And it's the show's called <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. I think our shows are the This is the 12th. best professional operation I've ever come across. <laughs> this, is, Ma- this is what happens when you organise stuff without me. <laughs> it's the Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, so the 12th, 13th and 15th yes. of August. We're going to be doing some shows. And Wednesday and- night you get loose. Yeah. We're so- going to go crazy. Let's go see a movie on the Wednesday. Do you want to? Yeah. Cute. So Sucked in, Dave. Us- Three, three, four times that week, and Dave just the once. I'm a one time only, but it, it should be a super fun week. Love Brisbane, love it, love it lots. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, so come on down, please. And yeah, you'll be able to find details for that. Also, probably we'll post about it on our social medias, but also our individual ones. Um, but you can find out at mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's check it on our website too. We'll put it on Dugo on. Great. Just Aww, to make it really, really thank easy. You, Dave. We'll also be coming to Melbourne Fringe with a secret special guest. <gasps> but Dr. more Jim? about that later. <laughs> Dave, secret. Okay, sorry. Uh, anyone but Dr. Chim. <laughs> okay, let's get into the topic uh, this week. So I've written a report on a topic that you guys don't know what it is. I love just... it when you write reports, Dave. Thank you so much. Yeah. Sass Twins, get ready to sass me for this pretty open question. Great. Okay. So the question would get us onto topic. <laughs> really, the question is, what is the most Scottish name that you can think of? Oh, um, for Bodie McBoat. McGregor. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the surname. Okay. Okay, Gregor. Connor. No, that's Irish. All right. Um, surname McGregor. Haggis. <laughs> Haggis McGregor's pretty Willie. good. Uh, <laughs> McGregor. Red. Uh, it's red a hair that, McGregor. A, a name that you will love. It almost sounds like it's a joke name. Scotty. Doesn't get more Scottish than Scotty. Mac McGregor. Give us a first letter. G. Jared. Jeff. Geordie. You've already said the name in the surname. Oh, Gregor Gregory McGregor. <laughs> Gregor oh McGregor. McGregor. Gregor McGregor. Gregor McGregor. Gregor McGregor. Yes! Well done. You guys got way closer than I ever thought you Fantastic. would. Fantastic. Gregor- that was teamwork too. Yeah. Good job. I really, I would have said Matt Stewart's the most Scottish name I could think of, but I knew it wasn't about me. <laughs> How did you know? I just knew. There's nothing stopping us from doing a report on one another. 
Yes, there Except is. that I'm a bloody, I'm a bloody closed book, mate. Yeah. Can't get anything out of me. You guys know nothing about me. <laughs> Do you know anything about Gregor McGregor? Yep. He's got a silly name. This is a really silly name, isn't it? Would you trust a man called Gregor McGregor? No. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm glad that you would, Matt, because a lot of people in this story do trust him. Right. And, and I so feel like they maybe should. they shouldn't. Oh. Hey, that's open to interpretation. No, but they I really shouldn't. I know your face. Yeah, they shouldn't. Yeah. If I could go back in time, it'd be the one thing I'd do is tell people not to trust Gregor McGregor. But if anybody here is going to trust someone who's probably untrustworthy, it's going to be Matt. That's true. You Surely. Would, you you know, and I are the big stuff. skeptics. There was a a um, VFL coach called Donald McDonald. No. Similar sort of idea. What are your parents thinking? What, what sort of era is this? When was this? Uh, 17, late 1780s. Okay. It was wow. a different time. Great. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, great. Let's uh, get stuck in. Uh, this was suggested by just one person, Jen Jen Rosie Dawson. Oh, she loves a double name. From uh, New South Wales. Jen Jen. Jen Jen. Love your work, Jen Jen. Thanks, uh, Jen Jen. A cracking story, though. I had never come across myself, but here we go. Uh, Gregor McGregor was born in the Scottish Highlands, would you believe, on December 24th, 1786. Christmas Eve. Mm. I feel so bad for people with Christmas Eve or Christmas Day is birthdays. Is a double present thing? And then you got to oh, wait yeah. a whole year for it? Or is it that no one's celebrating your birthday? No one's celebrating your Shut birthday. Shut up, mate. We're all here for Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Think or it's like, Jesus. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, yeah, no, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Gregor McGregor. Yeah. Mm. They uh, didn't. They, they were so caught up in Christmas spirit, they just forgot to think of a good name for their kid, you know? I think that's actually what's happened. <laughs> Jesus McJesus. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Mm. Merry Christmas. Mac means, does that mean of? Of Gregor? So it's Gregor of Gregor. The Gregor of the Gregor. Is that right? Was his dad Gregor? Gregor, God, we say it like bogans. Well, his dad, he was the son of a sea captain, love that, <gasps> Daniel, Daniel oh. McGregor, and his mother's name was Anne. So quite, you know, pretty normal. Still name. very normal, yeah. yeah. But not much is known about his childhood or much about his family background other than his grandfather was a famous clansman named in the Gaelic, which translates, uh, his name translates to Gregor the Beautiful. Oh. oh. Beautiful granddad. <laughs> I love that. Uh, As he, someone with an ugly granddad, yeah, <laughs> I'm jealous of that beautiful <laughs> grandpappy. Oh, my life would have turned out so much differently if my grandfather was good looking. <laughs> Not handsome. That's where it all went long. Beautiful. Uh, he followed in his beautiful forefather's fighting footsteps. And yes, I wrote that. <laughs> forefather's fighting footsteps. And then stopped and applauded. Yes. Oh, I took a break. I got an orange juice. My goodness. <laughs> uh, he, as soon as he could, at the age of 16, he joined the British Army. Mm-hmm. Despite his young age, he quickly rose through the ranks and became a lieutenant or lieutenant. Mm. He was promoted without purchase, which I don't know what that means, a.k.a. he earned the rank rather than he just bought it. Oh, shit. So back in the day, rather than there's another rank that he would have to wait seven years for, you know, typically, but Mm. you could just buy it on basically day four. I kind of love that. Do you? Yeah. You would. Affluent ace. I'd be Lady Perkins. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I have heaps of disposable in- cash, mate. I know. I got heaps of it. Just like I got too much yeah, of it. Yeah, you just gave some to the police tonight. <laughs> well done. Oh No, I, they gave me a little slip and I said I'll pay them at some point. Pay you later. Oh, we should say it's nothing too bad. Well, you, weren't, you weren't doing that. I don't want to slam your name. We're going to do a name. report on it in the future after the court cases. Yeah, done. yeah. Right now we can't talk about it. Subjudice. Just uh, Perkins versus the Crown. <laughs> No, do you want to do? I turned right. I made a right turn. No, I never Sounds like right. you made a wrong turn. Yeah. 
Oh, you should be a police officer. That'd be a good. <laughs> yeah, you'd good be great bit. at that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm Officer Stewart Day. What can I can I grab your license plate? Oh, I went Broden. Sorry. You always go Broden. I became a uh, Broden mixed with our good friend Andy Matthews doing an Aussie accent too, I believe. Okay. I mean, Andy has an Aussie accent, but when he goes super. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Super-a. Actually, super. <laughs> Sorry. He gets it. Toyota Supra. So he earned his title. Uh, He he earned his title. He then married the wealthy Maria Bowater in 1804 at the age of 18. and They lived for a time in London. Life was good. After the wedding, however, now he's got money, he chose to buy the rank of captain. Yeah. That's the one that would have taken seven years if he'd worked for it. Uh, But he just bought it. He then fought in a few wars, his final stand being in Portugal in 1810 during the Napoleonic Wars, where he served in the 57th Foot Regiment before retiring from from the army in 1810, where after he got his money back that he bought the rank with. So that's quite – you get your money back. Okay. Ah. What I would do is buy my way to the top so I didn't have to go on the battlefield. Yeah. Plus you're great at admin. Yes, I do all the administrative stuff and then I'd say, now I retire, get the money back. You're great at sending young men to their deaths. Yeah. Yes, but I don't want to be one of those deaths. It's yeah. kind of like a term deposit. It would be good if it earned some interest while it was in there too. Oh, that would be good. It came back good. and they're like, well, we're giving you money for a general. Yeah. You just pay for a major. Yeah. That's good. Do you get to sell it or on sell it to someone else? <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. Highest bidder. It sounds like it's weird that they don't still have that, a system where any idiot can buy their way to the top of the army. Feels like that was a really good system. Yeah, it's a great system and I think it makes a lot of sense and I think it would ensure that all the best people had the power. Yeah. Exactly. That's how you get promoted for your money. Yeah. yeah. Am I right? When yeah, I say finally, we're talking sense. When I say I love it, I think I love that that existed. And if that was their system, exactly that, like just wealthy people getting the all the power, I'm like, fine. This is what you deserve. You deserve people to just buy the title of general. <laughs> I'm the boss now. No, yeah. I'm the boss. They're just outbidding each other. That's great. Oh, constantly outbidding. Yeah, like you, you're general for a day until somebody yeah. else wrangles some more cash. Oh, Ten grand. I can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Saluting them. <laughs> God, I hate this. So you left the 57th Regiment in 1810. The next year in 1811, uh, the 57th Foot Regiment were put on the map and forever nicknamed the Diehards after an incident in Portugal. Oh. The high-ranking Lieutenant Colonel William Inglis was wounded by canister shot. Despite his significant injuries, Inglis refused to retire from the battle but remained with the other soldiers encouraging his men with the words, Die hard, 57th! Die hard! The troops were, <laughs> were absolutely smashed by the enemy but held their line against the approaching French before retreating and against all odds, the Brits actually won the battle. Hmm. The Diehards became the regiment's, regiment's nickname and it became a bit of an army legend. And our man, Gregor McGregor, would go on to use his association with this group of badasses to his advantage despite not having been there during the incident. <laughs> Great. He'd tell people, yeah, everyone the 57th Foot Regiment, they go, oh, my God, the Diehards. You'd be like, yeah, I served in Portugal. I mean, I guess you could call us Diehards. I mean, we just call ourselves the 57th Regiment because we're pretty humble about it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I reckon other people have called us Diehards, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> I mean, if, that's, if that's your word, yeah, if that's all like, you want to call yeah, me. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so, is that where that comes from? Yes, it totally is. Ah. That, that's, so that's the kind of, kind of guy we're dealing with here. Cool. Loves to talk himself up a little bit. I love that. 
But in 1810, now 23, he returned home to Scotland and lived for a time in Edinburgh, attaining the title of Colonel before moving back to London and giving himself the title of Sir Gregor McGregor. Also, he'd retired by 23. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's the dream. That's the dream. And rather than retire, he just told everyone, I'm a sir, even though he wasn't a sir. I hope I can retire by the time I'm 23. That's even smarter than buying a title, just Just having a title. Yeah, I got it now. That's way cheaper. What do you mean, good luck? Good luck with retiring at 23. Thank you. Yeah. So can I not say something sincere on the show for once? Oh, I didn't sound very sincere. But now that I've uh, quizzed you a little harder and you've uh, explained yourself, I understand. Quiz hard, boys. (laughs) Quiz hard. (laughs) Quiz hard. And from now on, they're the quiz hards. (laughs) A sexual (laughs) trivia team. (laughs) So he's calling himself a sir. He failed, however, to fit in with the upper classes. His wife, the wealthy one, died in 1811. Because her family was the cash cow, he foon, uh, foon, soon found himself without a proper income. How did he die? How did she die? She was young. She was young. People died young back then. Oh, yeah, good point. Mystery illness. Oh. Mystery because I don't know what it was. Okay. Uh, war was all he ever knew, so he went back to war. But he'd only just left the British Army. He couldn't really go back that soon, so he decided to fight for a private army. <laughs> He'd heard of the numerous revolts by the people in South America against their Spanish rulers, so sold up his Scottish estate and sailed for the continent in 1812, landing in Venezuela. Oh. A couple of months after his arrival, he quickly married Donna Jos- <laughs> Josephia Antonia Andreas Aristogeta e Lavera. Aristogeta. Yes. <laughs> Fun name to say. It's a very fun <laughs> name to say. Uh, she was the daughter of a very prominent family and a cousin of the soon-to-be revolutionary hero Simon Bolivar, the man who led revolutions against Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Panama, and Bolivia, which is named after him. So he's married well again. God, he does that he's well. Good at marrying he? well. Yeah. Again, another thing I'd like to do. Just, just marry, marry well. well. Just marry the cousin of like the. Who a man who's about to become the most famous uh, local of this century of that century? Basically. Yeah, because you don't want to marry the most famous person because then it's like, ugh, the hullabaloo. No, but in a few years' time, this person will be. So you're like, oh, I'm not a bandwagoner. Yeah. I married his cousin years so ago. So right now, you want to marry Donald Trump's cousin? Yeah, Is that right. And you want to yeah. do that five years ago? Five years ago, when yeah. you're 23. No. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Should have done it. Should have done it. While you had the chance. You stuffed it. I know, and I could have retired then too. Were you hanging out with Donald? Of Cuz? course. Cars of Donald. Yeah. Yeah. I was in all the good circles. Then I came back here and decided to do a podcast. That was a good fucking decision, wasn't it? Mm. Yes. Anyway, I guess. Uh, because of McGregor's background as a soldier in the British Army and his association with the famous Die Hards, which he was very happy to tell everyone that he was part of. Die Hard! He was given the rank of Colonel immediately and then Brigadier <gasps> General. Oh, Brigadier. Yeah. Brigadier. And uh, given command of a battalion. So they were just like, cool, you're in the army? You know what you're doing? Here you go. Great. But the revolution wasn't going so well at this point and McGregor had to retreat to an island with the famous Simon Bolivar. But growing bored, he dropped his wife off safely in Jamaica and then went in search of more action and wound up in what is today Colombia. He was part of the defense of the city of Cartagena or Cartagena, and when he returned to Jamaica, he was heralded as a hero. Apparently, he may have exaggerated his role in the city's defense, possibly claiming that it was all him when it wasn't (laughs) all him. But people uh, welcomed him with open arms. 
Oh, well, that's nice. When he said, I'm a hero, they said, yes, you're a hero. Correct. I like that. I like trusting people because they're easy to manipulate. Oh, so you would, maybe you would trust this guy then, huh? He no. He sounds pretty great so far. I just like trust. I like, oh, no, I like people who trust. Oh, you like the trusting people. I don't like to trust people. Oh, I understand. Yuck. Yeah, gross. <laughs> no, Ooh, no. Feelings. Mm. Yucky. Uh, in another battle, his reputation and legend grew even further when he led an army of 1,200, mostly local native archers, on a daring escape through the Venezuelan jungle. They were hotly pursued by two Spanish armies through some of the toughest terrain on earth. One day, McGregor deployed his 1,200 archers behind a marsh and a stream and waited for their enemy. The Spaniards' cavalry got bogged down in the marsh and after three hours of picking them off with arrows, McGregor's men charged on the Spaniards and won the battle. Amazing. This man. So they were heavily outgunned. They continued on their journey and finally made it to their destination of the Venezuelan city of Barcelona after 34 days of walking through jungle. 34 days? Yeah. Ugh. Like half a day is enough, you know? Mm. Have a look around. Yeah. Stop for a picnic lunch. I think they would have seen everything they needed to see. 34, 34 days. days. You've overstayed it. Come on. You haven't bathed in that time. Mm. You ever been on holiday in the last week? You're kind of like, I wish yeah. I was home now. It's like going to yeah. Vegas for more than three days. Oh, that fourth say. day. What are you doing? Yeah, I was what there for doing? five days. Oh, oh. What, were you do- what were you doing the fourth and, and fifth was, days? I was hanging out for leaving. Yeah. Feel, feeling horrible about everything. Yeah. Similar at Oktoberfest. I stayed there for five days as well. Why? Yeah. How long does Oktoberfest go for? A few weeks. Ah. Yeah. Well. For a few weeks. But, yeah, five days of it's too much. But then when you get home, you go, oh, wish I was back there. Yeah. Once of course. My stomach recovered. Yeah, well, That's it. Even in, like, the fourth day in Koh Samui, I was irritable and cranky and all on edge just because of all the sugar and alcohol. I was like, oh, I need to get out. Oh, my strategy was just to keep drinking pina coladas no matter what. Yeah. Oh, no. no matter what my body was telling me. <laughs> Your body yeah. was like, please have some water. No. Pina colada. Well, he was saying, I need more milky pineapple alcohol. Absolutely. Get it in me. Get it in <laughs> and me. And you did, and we're proud of you for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I had so many. <laughs> you really did. It's it's something I, that your I, body does not want to need. I don't think I I don't think I saw him without a pina colada in his hand the whole time, did you? Yeah, I was really committing to a bit. <laughs> oh yeah. I I wandered in uh to his room one night to watch him sleep as I routinely do, mm. and he was holding a pina colada. Yeah. Mm, straw in my mouth. Really? How did you not suffocate? Well, the straw. I had two straws, one in my mouth and one out, like a snorkel. <laughs> that makes sense. That yeah. does make sense. God, you Circular are... breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's walked through the jungle for 34 days, survived against all odds. Simon Bolivar, the leader of the revolution, congratulated him. He said, quote in a letter to him, The retreat which you had the honour to conduct is, in my opinion, superior to the conquest of an empire. Please accept my congratulations for the prodigious services you have rendered my country. End quote. He was made divisional general for this effort, having only just ticked over to 30 years old. So he's done quite a lot. Oh, man. In short, the retreat made him a bit of a celebrity around South America. So he's really living it up at this stage. Great. But he's got a Scottish accent. Can anyone understand him? I don't think they can. (laughs) That's part of the intrigue. He tells all these stories, like a four-hour story, and people are like, didn't understand a word, but wow, he meant it. God, it it was beautiful. A lot of passion. (laughs) A lot of passion. So many gestures and facial expressions. He just kept like doing like a bow and arrow signal. (laughs) I was like, cool, cool. I guess. Is that good? (laughs) 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 Yes, McGregor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
1820, McGregor and some associates landed in Nicaragua in a place now known as the Mosquito Coast. Ugh. Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> I've written here a lovely name for what is, by all accounts, a lovely, lovely place. Ah, okay. Uh, it is not. It was a swamp and mosquito-ridden land ah. inhabited by the Mosquito people, descendants of shif- uh, shipwrecked African slaves and indigenous people that had come together. The land was supposedly ruled by King George Frederick Augustus. It had earlier technically come under the British Empire, but proved too tough to actually colonise, so over time it just been abandoned. Mm. Mosquito people. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's a really good... <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, your first sign that the land is absolutely shithouse. The empire that is claiming every bit of land they can get during yeah. this era is like, not for us. No, thanks. This is You know hard. what? Just leave it. Don't worry about it. But on uh, the 29th of April, 1820, local king, George Frederick Augustus, signed a document granting Gregor McGregor and his heirs a large piece of the Mosquito Territory, uh, which was equal to 12,500 square miles or 32,000 square kilometres, so so big, in exchange for rum and jewellery. He got all that land. For context, that is an area that is larger than all of Wales. Right. In exchange for rum and jewellery. Again, putting into context how shit this land is. (laughs) No one wants it. Honestly, he's just traded it for a gold watch and one pina colada. <laughs> and that's a good deal. That's a good deal, King. Dave, would you give up one of your pina coladas for that much land? Uh, no. Good. But I would give up whales for a pina colada. <laughs> good luck to you guys. Good luck. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. the pina colada Come was on. calling. That makes sense. <laughs> Papa tr- needs a pina colada. <laughs> if you tried one and developed an addiction like I had, you'd understand. Yeah, I was going hard on the Mai Tais. You love those. Yeah. Those that, Mai Tais. That's good shit. What's a Mai Tai? Is that mint? I'm not even sure. It was orange. Orange, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of someone else. What is the mint one? Mojito. Had a couple Mojito. of sex on the beach as well and All a right. drink. <laughs> Oh, wow. Really? Sand in your underpants. (laughs) Ah, we had a good time. We did have a bloody good time. (laughs) So now he technically owned this land, he hurried home to the UK to find potential investors to develop it. Jeez. That's his big get-rich-quick scheme. On the way home, he came up with a title for the land and himself. (laughs) The new paradise would be called Poyer. And he would be known as the Prince of Poyer. Oh, I like that. How's Poyer spelled? P-O-Y-A-I-S. Love it. Poyer comes from a name of the indigenous people of the area, and he called himself the Cazique, which is a Spanish-American word for chief equivalent to prince. Right. So by okay. the time he got home, he's like, I'm just a prince. I'll just say prince. They'll, they won't get it. They won't. If I'm like, I'm the Cazique of Poyer, one, what the hell's Poyer? Two, what the fuck's a Cazique? Yeah. Mate, you've gone loopy. So he's like, I'll pander to these idiots. Prince of Poyer. Poyer. Uh, he claimed that the Mosquito King had given him the title, but in reality the title was very much self-styled. Great. He'd just been given the land. Yep. The king never mentioned that you could be a prince. <laughs> uh, on re- uh, his return home, he found his stories of jungle warfare up until this point la- were largely unknown back home. So he's a massive deal in South America, but back home no one's heard of him. Oh, we can't have this. But I reckon I know what he might do. 
What do you reckon? Tell everyone. Yeah, he's a fantastic (laughs) self-promoter. He quickly became known, uh, his stories, and rumours began to spread that he was somehow actually related to the Indigenous mosquito people. Okay. Despite the fact that he looks and sounds Scottish. Incredibly Scottish. His name is Gregor McGregor. Oh, but now he's the Kazik of Poirier. (laughs) Uh, This um, rumour was further enhanced when his Venezuelan wife, Josephia, now known as the Princess of Poirier, arrived with their newly born son. People were like, well... You must be royalty. You must be royalty. What's that based on? Look at this royal family. A woman and a baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nah, so fair like, enough. She looks Venezuelan. Your child looks half Venezuelan. You must be related to the Mosquito King. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, this coupled with his association with the diehards that I mentioned before mm. meant he was welcomed with open arms and invited to speak of his adventures all across England and Scotland. That must so he went be on nice. a bit of a speaking tour. I love a speaking tour. And on this tour... He spoke of Poirier as if it was a new country. And for context, during this time in England, South America was obviously a very, very long way away. It was literally basically a different planet. And seen as a place where countries were redrawn and governments were founded and overthrown every day. Lots of revolutions happening. So it wasn't that inconceivable that this Scot was actually the leader of a new country. Sure. Now you, you question it a lot more, I guess. I question everything now. It's a big part of my personality. I'm very skeptical. Me too. Yeah. Would, wouldn't you say that, Matt? Because of this podcast? I don't know. Would I say that? <laughs> I don't know. Do I believe you? <laughs> he described this new country as a paradise, and that's how he sold it. Did he, he use that Coldplay song as his? The Scientist. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite Coldplay don't song? Don't know. Mine's the Scientist. scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shane Warren. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite Coldplay song? What an idiot. Do we need to give any context to that? Nah. Do we have to? Shane Warne. Yeah, look it up. Shane Warne. One of the greatest <laughs> cricketers of all time. He had a talk show in Australia for, for about six, six, six weeks. Episodes, and one of the, maybe the first episode, he interviewed Chris Martin from Coldplay. <laughs> and there's a Tony Martin on his radio show played this clip so many times. <laughs> I'd get this. But he, he asked, um, Shane Warne asked Chris Martin, what's your favourite Coldplay song? Mine's a scientist. <laughs> he jumped in before. Shock on that one. <laughs> Because there was about how he, it was like he just thought of it all of a yeah. sudden. Was, everything about it was so funny. He's also actually very close friends with Coldplay because I once went to see them and they were like, please welcome special guest Shane Warne. Yeah, and he played the bass. <laughs> no, he played a harmonica solo. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. In what song? Oh, I don't, some, some older acoustic number. I can't remember what it now. What song has a harmonica in it? Well, and what song has a solo easy enough for Shane Warne to master? <laughs> it was one note. Yeah. <laughs> Mosquito Coast. <laughs> I got to do a Shane Warne episode one day. Yeah, oh, he's he's got some stories. He does. His kids went to the school my mum works at, and so she'd see him all the time. Liz Hurley came in one time. What? Mum met Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley from Austin Powers. Insane. Really? Yes. Your mum. My mum. She's real. <laughs> Don't look into it. Met Ivana Humpelot or whatever her name was. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do get one. Vanessa. Vanessa Humpelot? What's her name, Vanessa? Vanessa Amorosi. Is that right? Does that sound that right? <laughs> Amorosi. Amorosi. Please. Are you both looking it up? Vanessa now? Kensington. I've just looked oh. it up. Oh, There's no Humpelot. <laughs> there was a Ivana Humpelot, though. There was, movie. okay. Love that that is a parody of a, a film that. Also has a name, Pussy Galore. Yeah. I mean, what's left to parody? 
terrible name. <laughs> and she was a pilot. Love her. Yeah, Pussy Galore was cool. She was really cool. And she was, she like, well she dressed. wasn't into him. No, she like lo- tried to kill him. Like in a terrible way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know. Anyway, if you want to hear about Bond stuff, <laughs> go back to our Bond episode. Yeah, sorry about, about that. About 100 we're talk- episodes back. This week we're talking about the second sexiest Scottish man. Mm-hmm. Not Sean Connery, but Gregor McGregor. So he's selling this country like it's a paradise. He also claimed that he'd established the infrastructure of the new country already. But his new nation needed settlers and investment and he wanted to give residents of London, Glasgow and Edinburgh a first chance to benefit from the opportunity. So he's like, I'm doing you a favour. Right. It's a real uh, infomercial style salesperson. McGregor said that he'd come to London to attend King George IV's coronation on the Poyer's behalf and whilst he was there he wanted to seek investment and immigrants for Poyer. (laughs) So (laughs) he was not invited, by the way, to uh, King George IV. Which one's George IV? How far back are we now? Is this this is our early eighteen hundreds? Lizzie's great granddad or something? Oh, or not even? No, granddad? No way. Okay. Well, <laughs> no way. <laughs> great great granddad. Maybe great great great. All right, doesn't matter. It doesn't. But we appreciate your contribution. Thank you. <laughs> People needed to know that you're still here. <laughs> I'm not very well. I know, but you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> A fantastic self-promoter. I'm going to say that again just because he's so good at it. He published interviews in national papers outlining the many benefits that would come from investments or settlers in Poyer. Using every medium at his disposal, he even had Poyer-related ballad, uh, ballads composed and sung on the streets of London, <laughs> Edinburgh, and Glasgow. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, he's like creating his uh, own hype. Poyer, Poyer, <laughs> it's great! <laughs> Yay for Poyer! <laughs> He also appealed to the Scottish Highlanders' hardiness and adventurous spirit. The BBC writes, quote, He highlighted the bravery and fortitude that such a gesture would demonstrate. You wouldn't just be smart, you'd be a real man. And I read that and I was like, I have to settle there. I am a man. Yeah, you are a man. You got a bit of a beard now. (laughs) Yeah, you do have to qualify it with a bit of a beard. (laughs) It's coming in, but. Three weeks in, people. It's not. A Matt Stewart beard. Committing to a bit, committing to a beard. Matt does that in a couple of days. I don't know. No, I re- you're you're well on your way there, mate. I could say a few more months and you'll have a real bush. You're my beard idol. <laughs> you're my beard idol. You are my beard idol. Beard idol? Oh, what am I your idol of? Um, good, good hair. Nah, fuck you. You good had to hair. think about it too good much. Hair. Nah, nah. Oh, sorry. Lower leg strength. <laughs> If I could push a car Lower up a hill. Lower leg. Yeah, my ankles are really <laughs> yeah. strong. Lower that, body. That's the secret to the ankle, I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ankles are fucking tough. Yeah, you could <laughs> push a truck up a hill with an ankle. Ankles are steel. That's what they call you. <laughs> he also created an elaborate backstory for this new country. He drew up commercial and banking rules and processes, designed distinctive uniforms for each regiment of the Poyasian army, as well as a flag and a coat of arms. Poyasian sounds funny. Great, isn't it? <laughs> Poyasia. Matt, have a go. Poyasia. <laughs> you said, I think you got it right. Poyasia. He also described Poyasia as a utopian paradise with a perpetual summer. Oh. The earth was fertile and could grow three crops in a year. The rivers were clean and drinkable and full of gold and ready to make the inhabitants wealthy beyond their wildest He's just dreams. completely bullshitting, isn't he? Yes. Sorry. Would he lie yes. to the good people of Scotland and England? Yes, he gives himself new titles every week. <laughs> 
He said plantations of sugar, coffee and cotton had already been planted. Fruit hung from every tree. Fish and game were so plentiful that a man could hunt or fish for a single day and bring back enough to feed his family for the next week. He claimed the natives were just so cooperative... They were intensely pro-British. Oh, my God. It was ready to go. When has that ever happened? I know. There was even a royal palace, parliament parliament building. What? And an opera house and cathedral that he'd already built. He just needed people. Is he just kind of banking on the fact that once they get there, it's too far to go back, so they're stuck there? Like... I don't know how far ahead he's thinking at this stage. Yeah, he just starts talking and then he's just enjoying the conversation. He's just enjoying the attention. He's enjoying the words coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and he's enjoying that people can understand him again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's loving it. <laughs> Thousands of books and pamphlets were printed to promote the utopia and people were sold. The ideal of a tropical paradise is very appealing to Brits in a cold cl- climate, especially after many years of war. People just wanted to get away. Yeah, we all need a break. All right. You know? And after four days, you've had enough. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had enough. Get me back to the cold. <laughs> and now you hear how you're feeling. Oh, I'm so cold. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Need a break. <laughs> Cycle continues. <laughs> McGregor began selling shares in his new country and business was so good that offices were opened in London and Edinburgh. Land in Poyer was sold over the counter at four shillings an acre and by October 1822, he had raised a loan of over £200,000. Equivalent now to well over half a billion pounds. Holy shit. That's how much money people put up. So that's people putting in money and banks being like, yeah, we'll lend you money to build this thing. So that means he could build it now, maybe. Well, yes. And so they're, sorry, they're buying land. Yeah. So people are saying like, we'll move there. Yeah. And he's like, great, four acres, uh, four shillings, no worries. And people are like, great, we've got land now. Because he's got thousands and thousands of acres. That's insane. Many people. I wonder in- if they like if they get to choose where their land is. Like, I want beachfront. <laughs> How much for beachfront? That'll be two shillings an acre for oh. that. I think I, I saw a movie once with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. I think, and they had to. There was a race, and they had everyone was lined up with horses and stuff, and that whoever got to bits of land first got to keep it. Maybe it'd be like that. Maybe I remember in the opening scene of them that race starting. There was. Everyone's up with horses and one guy's on a um, penny farthing on this, like, rough, <laughs> hilly terrain. <laughs> he didn't make it very far. Very good comedy. Is Tom this, Cruise has done it again. Is this a comedy film? I shouldn't be right that bit. I don't think so. I think it was a critically panned film. It was called, like, Far and Away or something like that. Home and Away. <laughs> and I bet they use a line, Far and Away, <laughs> his worst film yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opened himself up for that. The best part of a critic's job is turning the title into negative a negative yeah. comment about the, the piece of art that people have actually put effort into. Yeah. Critics aren't anything. You're fucking dogs. <laughs> anyway, uh, give us a review on iTunes. Thanks so much. <laughs> um, so he's raised all this money and many people invested their life savings in the idea. Four shillings. It's a real, uh, it's a real Ponzi I mean, not to judge, scheme. but, I mean, get some more shillings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Get four more shillings. Get four, get, um, just get some more. But if people did that, they'd buy four more acres. Ah, uh, mm. yes. Yeah, that's this is amazing. He also published a 350-page guidebook to Poyer. Too many pages. So like a, he's got a full Lonely Planet on it. I'm bored already. It claimed to be an ideal place to settle, very pro-British, and amazingly, and they emphasise this, free of tropical diseases. <laughs> if, you have to, if you have to say that. <laughs> yeah. He's written a 350-page fiction. Yep. He's written 
a sci-fi novel. Yeah, it's basically written, you know. It like doesn't a completely futuristic. Oh. Should be spending some of that time building the cathedral and stuff. Yeah, and the opera house he promised, and maybe getting on side with the natives who are apparently so pro-British, and also planting gold in the river. Oh yeah, which is drinkable and full of gold. <laughs> Love it! What a combo! Love that. I so wait. So I, I think I wasn't paying heaps of attention. So he's not. He's not. Is he not actually a prince at all? No, he gave himself that title. No, no, right. he just bought a bit of land in exchange for rum. Uh, and like, then said, I'm the prince of this land. Oh, and so. the land is like horse shit. Okay. It's mostly horse shit. Oh, my God. It is On the surface. And then you dig down a little bit, more horse more shit. More horse shit? Just older horse shit? Yeah, it's gone a bit white. Oh, no. <laughs> That's oh. not good at all. Not okay, good. well, this seems like he's been quite dishonest then. <laughs> and Matt's back. Great. He's caught up. Basically, that was the recap for you and anyone else who's zoned out. <laughs> I thought the main thing he had done was just have the infrastructure, but he doesn't have anything. No, he's got nothing. Oh, he's, he's got the land. Right. He has the land. Well, a piece of paper that says he's got the land. Yeah, and he's calling it a new country. Yeah. Yeah. And that he's the prince of that new country. and that everyone Because it come. is the size of Wales. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Bigger. He's got a lot of land. Yeah. But it's shit land. Shit land with nothing on it. Nothing, nothing. on it. But he's but saying. And horse shit. You can farm once a week. Uh, you can hunt once a week. One day work week and yeah. feed your family for the whole week. Okay. That sounds pretty good. I'm in. How much for shillings? Oh, God. I'm no. my wallet. Matt, no. A lot of people. Give me your wallet. <laughs> okay. Well, a lot of people like Matt here <laughs> invested and people were eager to travel to the new paradise that they'd bought into. On the 10th of September, 1822, the first party of 50 settlers sailed from Leith on a ship called the Honduras Packet. They were followed a few months later in January by approximately 200 more passengers. Several hundred more had signed up for future ships, but these were the first to sail. Oh, my God. heartbreaking. You would so unlucky to be the first one to get there (laughs) before the word gets back. Yeah. Doctors, tradesmen, and a prominent London mayor or mayor (laughs) had all signed up. Mayor. (laughs) Mayor. Mayor. John Mayer was on board. A cobbler from Edinburgh accepted the post of official shoemaker to the Princess of Poyer. Essential. If you're having 50 people come along, you need the official cobbler to be in attendance. What are you going to make shoes out of? They probably said, I've got a shoe factory ready to go. It's got everything you need. It's got everything. I wonder <laughs> if he's forgotten by this stage that there's nothing there. <laughs> he's like, he gets to go, what the hell's happened? <laughs> Where's the opera Where's house? Go? What? Oh, oh. I'm as shocked as any of you. <laughs> oh, more. The first 50 people were supposed to get a Ferrari. Where are <laughs> they? I'm more shocked. Oh, no. The king's stolen them all. <laughs> Sell the Ferraris and the infrastructure. <laughs> Burnt down the cathedral. Uh, before sailing, many changed their pound sterling into Poyer dollars printed by McGregor himself. Yeah. He's hand-drawn them. <laughs> I think he printed 70,000 70, uh, notes of it and then people would trade it. Basically, it does remind me of that scene in The Simpsons where uh, they go to Itchy and Scratchy Land and change all their money for Itchy and Scratchy dollars. And then they go into the park and there's signs everywhere saying itchy and scratchy dollars not acceptable here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've changed. But, well, in his defence, pounds are also useless in a place that has zero shops yeah. as well. That's true. Yeah, okay, good You're point. You're exchanging paper for paper at this stage. Yeah. You're buying some uh, decorative paper, basically. Yeah. Be worth a, a fortune now, that Poirier dollars yeah. or anything left. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate... Your last biscuit. That I was saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can uh, affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulders. Yeah. it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Then McGregor saw them off, wishing each settler luck before they departed as they boarded a ship adorned with the flag. He's not going. (laughs) Oh, he's not going. So what are they supposed to do when they get there? Well, they'll be welcomed by uh, all the locals. Oh, my God. They're just being sent there with nothing and no... They're being sent on a ship uh, with a flag that he drew, using money that he also drew, and he's wished them luck. (laughs) Oh my god! He's not even going. He's like, I'll see you guys there later. I've got to do a bit more business here. Yeah, I'll be on. I'll few, be. I'm right behind. I'll you. be on ship ten or something. Yeah, I'm right behind. Be there in a few you. months, but don't worry. You'll all get a complimentary uh, beverage on arrival. Speak to reception Enjoy if that. you have any other questions. Right. Um, no worries. Here's a token for twenty percent off the mini bar. <laughs> There's nothing there. There's nothing there. He's sending these people to their death. Well, after months at sea. They finally made it to their destination and all prepared to disembark to their new home, all now wearing their best outfits. Of they, course, because they, they think... Oh, this is my first... I'm going to be meeting... Because there are people that live there. He actually claimed at, some, at one stage there's 20,000 people that already live there, but it's so big we need way more. So they're expecting to waltz into this new town. Like a fully built town and they're like, you know what, my first day there, I had a good sleep on the ship. I'm going to hit up the opera. Yeah, Sunday best. Yeah. That's what everyone's wearing. Uh... But when they landed, they didn't exactly find the paradise that had been promised to them. Instead, all they saw was Nicaraguan swamp surrounded by inhospitable, dense jungle and a few native people who weren't that happy to see them. Wouldn't it be wild if they got there and there was like a cathedral? That would be so good. And then he... 
he gets word that it's it's great, and he's like, oh, oh, yeah. whoa, I'm a god. <laughs> it was also blisteringly hot. Oh, really, my really god. hot. Apparently, at first they weren't alarmed, thinking they just landed at the wrong spot. And yeah. then some ventured inland to try and find the established city. But, of course, it just wasn't there. In short, it was all barren wasteland. So some began to suspect that they'd been duped, but most didn't want to admit that and uh, tried to blame someone else. It's been some sort of mistake. You know, someone screwed us over. Not, But no one's blaming Greg and McGregor. A lot of people are like... He would never do this to no, us. He's talked about it so much. The, he, the he's ship, been lied to. The ship pilot. What do you call them? Captain. captain. The ship pilot. The captain screwed up. Well, a few weeks after. He, you arrived. know, the captain of the ship, he just paid for that title. Sea pilot. He didn't know. Oh, yeah. He didn't know anything. I've never been on a ship in my life. <laughs> Water pilot? Water pilot. Sea pilot? I don't know what I like better there. <laughs> mm. Sea pilot sounds cool. Sea pilot's fun. Um, ocean tram driver. Yes. Ding, ding. But it's more like. Because <laughs> it's in the water. <laughs> yeah. Bells underwater sound like. <laughs> Someone talking underwater. Yeah. Not a cartoon. A phone ringing It's a phone underwater. ringing underwater. Yeah. Well, speaking of the captain, a few weeks after their arrival, the captain of the Honduras packet abruptly and unilaterally sailed away amid a fierce storm. The immigrants found themselves alone, apart from some natives, and when they spoke to the local king, he had no idea who they were. They were like, Gregor McGregor. Is this ringing the any Prince bells? Of Poi- <laughs> Prince of Poyet. So he doesn't even remember selling the land Because he, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, oh, okay. Then the So hang on, that was the king who'd given Gregor McGregor the land? Yeah, they spoke to him. And, and he doesn't like, he's got no recollection of it. Well, I think you know he remembers he gave the guy land, but they're like, the prince. The city. So uh, he, he's like, what the hell are you doing? What are you talking about? about? These people have been drinking seawater. Yeah, what, what's wrong with you? Then so that's the first ship. Then the second ship arrived a few weeks later again and dropped more settlers off, but also quickly left, so they were now all stranded. They had supplies and could survive for a time, but then the rainy season hit and it became a hell on earth. Oh. Tropical disease, which they were told didn't exist, also quickly took hold and the camp were decimated by malaria and yellow fever. Those are not fun ones to have. No. A ship from Honduras discovered the settlers a month later and found that seven men and three children had already died and most of the uh, the town, in inverted commas, was sick. Survivors were rescued in relays because the ship couldn't take them all and brought to the English colony in Belize to recover. Even so, two-thirds of the original 250 people died. Oh, my God. At least 180 people never made it home. Jeez. Sheesh. Holy crap. Isn't that just insane? He's like he's a serial killer, yeah. yeah. And if if it could get worse, the worst part of it near, other ships were already on their way. No. The authorities on Honduras had to intercept and warn these other ships that the whole thing was a hoax before they too were taken ashore and left to die. In all, they had to stop and send back seven more ships, almost certainly saving hundreds of lives in doing so. Wow. So, yeah, they just couldn't let them land because basically most of the captains would drop them off and then go back. Yeah. yeah. And they'd look around and go, oh, shit. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> They didn't have flares back oh then. Oh, my God. The pants or the gun thing. So you get off, you go, oh, it must have dropped us off in the wrong spot. Yeah. Without the flares, the pants or the gun thing, <laughs> which I got on delay. <laughs> it wasn't bad. My brain's working about 15 seconds behind. As opposed to the usual six. Six and a half. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's so, gotten it down from seven, though. You've got so. an eight and a half delay today. <laughs> yeah. He's doing well. Uh, 50 of the original surviving settlers eventually returned to London in October 1823. 50, sorry? 50. 50. Ugh. 
And within a day, the newspapers were full of the story of Poirier exposing the hoax to the public because, again, it's on the other side of the world, so until this point it's been under wraps. Where the fuck is Gregor? Meanwhile, the prince architect, (laughs) Prince Gregor McGregor, had quietly disappeared. Fuck off. But. What he did. He. (laughs) About six and a half. (laughs) I'm in a Matt Stewart level. That's very funny. (laughs) He did fuck off. (laughs) But he didn't. He didn't lay low for long, however. He soon appeared in France where he started the scheme again. Now selling Poirier to wealthy Parisians. He's the monorail guy from the Yeah, Simpsons. he totally is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> North Haverbrook, where have, I, where have I heard of that before? In 1825, he raised another £300,000 loan, which is even more than before, and sold shares in the colony to French people. People again prepared to travel to the country, but the government became suspicious when 30 of its citizens asked for passports to, to travel to a place they'd never heard of. Mm. McGregor's secretary was arrested and then he went into hiding. McGregor was eventually arrested as well and after a lengthy trial was acquitted and set free. Why? Thank God God justice was done. Yeah. Yeah. So he returned home to England where a lot of people were still very, very pissed off with him. I think what happened was he bought uh, the title of judge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he ended up being in charge of that case. Case of Smith. We're quitting him. Yeah. In fact, give him money. (laughs) Yeah. How much money you got? Give it to him. So he went back to England. People were very pissed off with him and he was almost immediately arrested there. Somehow, possibly due to corruption, a week later he was again set free. Despite having killed like 180 people and like fleeced so many people of their life savings. But that's the thing. He's got so much money so he can just bribe people. Yeah, absolutely. And he also had these powerful friends. He continued to try and swindle people with the idea of populating Poirier, but the idea never quite took off again. In fact, he now had to compete with other swindlers who were also selling the idea of Poirier. What? <laughs> yeah. Copycats. So if co- people would copycat it, he'd be like, no, no, they're, they're making it up. Mine's real. His is slightly more real because yeah. he, he does own the land. Yeah, but... that's right. He's that's... like, I, I, at least I've been there. Yeah. What does he think? Does he think it's a good idea or is he completely full of shit and just after the money? I feel like... He could be a tiny bit delusional. Well, it's actually been speculated over the years that McGregor himself may have started to believe the bullshit he was peddling. Yeah. Or at least hoped he was able to forge a paradise with the settlers that, that had brought into it. But if that was the case, would you just keep doing it over and over and over? I could understand maybe the first one when you get in too deep. Yeah. But then he just went to France after nearly 200 people died. Because like when he, yeah, when he left, he should have paid for a ship and a big crew to come with him. Started building it if he wanted to. Yeah. If he was actually wanting to build it. I think at the point where you find out that so many people had died, maybe you go, oh, that might have been a bad idea. That's yeah. probably where I'd start but to think. But he said to France, did it again, then came home and kept trying to do it on a lower scale. Yeah. Oh, no, the issue isn't that I sent them to an abandoned wasteland. It's that there weren't enough people. So if I just get some more people, it'll work itself out. Yeah. It's, the, it's a numbers game. Yeah. It is. As all pyramid schemes are. By 1839, realising that the heyday of his schemes were over, he reached out to his old pal, Carlos Sublet, who had become a high-ranking official in Venezuela and applied for citizenship, so a mate from his army days. Right. He travelled to Venezuela where he was reinstated in the rank of General of Division and awarded a pension for his service in the War of Independence. Fuck's sake. He lived there until 1859 where he died at the age of 59, having 
never faced justice for his crimes. Quite happy he died in 59 at the age of 59. I Actually, love that, that. Those maths don't quite work out. Damn it! In 1786, I've just realised that. So when he says it doesn't quite work out, it's... Doesn't work out at all. Quite a mind, He's on yeah. a 14-year delay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he died in 1859 around the age of 73, so he had a, oh, quite damn. a long life. And uh, he never, never faced justice for his crimes. He just got away with it all, despite the meddling kids. That's fucked. And that is the story of the most Scottish man in history, Gregor McGregor. Wait, hang on. Most Scottish <laughs> named, named man. No. You think that's a, the most Scottish trait, is no. killing a lot of people in a weird scheme? No, I think the most Scottish trait is holding a grudge and never getting over it. I'll never get over you, Sam. <laughs> Dave, that was great. What a crazy story. That's just a crazy story. That's Thanks insane. So they just sent shiploads of people there. I guess it's pre-pictures, but even now I wouldn't trust pictures because I'd be like, well, they're photoshopped. Pictures existed. Oh, yeah. Did they? Pictures. Did people have eyes? I mean, draw it, sure, yeah. But you can make that up with your imagination. Yeah. You You can draw anything. I hope you Name something. Uh, Gregor McGregor. I could draw that easy. All right, go on. Have a go. Have a go. I'm I'm only good at stick figures, but in my... Oh, Gregor McGregor's a funny-looking fella. (laughs) My artistic interpretation, that is Gregor McGregor. No wrong answers in art, mate. Yeah. Which I always found weird when I studied art in VCE. I was like, why, how are you scoring my art? Yeah, they did It's that. subjective. I think with if Trust you, me, it's great. If, if you don't have the um, the academia to back it up, right, then it's, then it's just a drawing. But if you can write a thesis about why mm. this triangle means something, then it's art. Okay. Ah, that's where I went wrong. <laughs> you, just have to, you just have to back it up with lots of words and a degree. Got it. Jeez, that's going to annoy some people. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dave, fantastic. Fantastic report. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Who was that suggested by again? Uh, Jen Jen. Jen Jen, that's right. Thank you, Jen Jen. Well done. Jennifer McGregor. Jennifer McJennifer. Jennifer Jen Jennifer. And if you have any other wild stories from history that we may uh, you know, may not be aware of, you can always chuck them in the hat at any time. Do go on pod.com. There was a slight hint of the... Um, there's been a few where it's been a, a a big ship journey to a to people's deaths. Yeah, and it was, it was that. <laughs> so I should just say, a uh, bit sick. Ship journey it, to it was death. Fifty percent that, and fifty percent um, Joshua Norton, the Emperor of the United States, just yeah. claiming you're something. That's right. But a lot yeah. more evil than him. Yeah, and then a little bit of the what was the with the um, where they went to that paradise, the Doctor. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The Floriana Island. Yeah. It was God, I all, the, all the topics coming together. I don't retain anything from this show. All of that was new to me. <laughs> I remember them, but I'm like, oh, yeah. Just hit subscribe, mate. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that brings us up. Thank you so much for the report, Dave. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, that brings us up to. Maybe my favourite segment of the show. It's the fact, quote, or question segment. Fact, quote, or question. Widget, the world watcher. And it's the segment where we get one of our Patreons on the Sydney Scheinberg level or above. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, of course. Uh, And they get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. This week... Um, it comes from Ed Banks. And it, what he would have done is he would have gone to patreon.com slash pod, and he would have signed up to support the show. Absolutely. And is that Ed, ba- Ed while Ed Banks the town wanks? 
I think we one time did did a shout out to him. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Sorry, Ed. Ed. Sorry, Ed. Oh, we'll I'm make it better today. That's fun. That's fun. While Ed Banks, the town wanks. <laughs> but uh, fortunately for Ed, <laughs> on the Sydney, Sydney Schoenberg <laughs> level, you get to give yourself your own title. Oh, so God. as well as being called Ed Banks while the town wanks, <laughs> he's also given himself the title of Secretary of the Dugawan Fans with Boring Names Association. He said, because not all of us... Have the awesome names you so often get. Ed Banks is a great, that's a strong name. That's though. a great name. And it's a real rock star name. Absolutely. Yeah. Ed I Banks. Reckon it's a great name too. He said, we demand equal representation. Well, I'm sorry, Ed. I am Ed Banks. But you have a fantastic name. He shreds. Put it on a poster. He's like selling out, what, Festival Hall Wembley, or something? Wembley, I reckon. Wembley. Yeah. Yes. The O2 Arena. Festival Hall, Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you went bigger than Big me. Big jump, I mean, yeah. All right, I mean, the Beatles played Festival Hall. Thank you. Do they play Wembley? So did Pantera. Anybody? Yeah. Pennywise. Uh, I saw Foo Fighters there as well. Did you? Friends of Rome. I saw. It's a notoriously shit venue, though. But it, yeah, it's sort of like it's the big, big mid to. It's the one back from an arena in Melbourne. Yeah, basically. It's... Yeah. So you get pretty big bands on the way up or the way down. <laughs> Oasis post their prime. They play there. Anyway, whatever. Um. <laughs> So, and Ed is playing there. And he's given us a quote. And this quote, and we don't get heaps of quotes, I don't think. Not enough. No, I, I like them. In- I like questions because I like to talk about me. Okay. Oh, I like quotes because they inspire me. Okay. Ed, inspire me. <laughs> well, uh, I guess the question is, does this quote inspire you too? It's from Herman Hesse or Herman Hess. If you hate a person, you hate something in him that is part of yourself. What isn't part of ourselves doesn't disturb us. I fumbled in there. I'll read it again. Please. If you hate a person, you hate something in him that is part of yourself. What isn't part of ourselves doesn't disturb us. Yeah. Yep. I see that. I would agree with that. Is that true? Yes. So what what do you see of yourself in Bindi Irwin? (laughs) Answer that. Fuck. There's a question. Backing off that quote. I was going to say a fucked answer too. Uh, What I'll say is... Uh, enthusiasm, zest for life, yep. and I I miss that in myself. Oh, you see, you I had that. Yeah, I feel I've lost it, and okay. I am jealous of her. Yeah, and I have daddy issues. People still talk about that. that's so long. That was over two years ago, I think. Yeah, uh, at a, a live Melbourne show. Yeah, you I had a rant get... about Bindi. And someone mentioned it on Twitter or something this week. I get tagged in a lot of stuff. Still about Bindi. Yeah, she must. No, of me now. <laughs> you reckon? Because I hope she does. She tweets stuff, and then people tweet at me, and she—it happens so much. She must be like, "What has this person She's said about me?" A big enough deal that I don't think it would even get to her. Yeah, you're right. I hope it does. Have It'd be funny if she knew about it. I really hope it doesn't. Yeah, I hope it doesn't. Bindi's been through enough without having to deal with this bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but that's on me. That is on you. So that is the fact, quote, or question segment. Thank you so much, Ed Banks. Thanks, well, the town Ed Banks. Wanks, you give us great quotes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the town gets to wank, and that's good for you. And Ed went to his banks and uh, gave us a little bit of money to help keep keep kicking this show along, and uh, you can do that too at patreon.com slash pod. You get a whole heap of different rewards. One of them is the fact, quote, or question segment. You also get things like bonus episodes. We're about to record one of those. Tonight, um, you also get uh, 
a weekly newsletter that Jess is doing. She, I don't think she did one the last couple of weeks, but no, it's pretty much I did, weekly. I did one. She did one. I'm getting back. I'm getting into the habits. I'm it's not a habit for me yet. Matt was doing habit. it for a long time, and habit. I got back in the habit. Back in the habit. But so I'll sorry. get there. I will. Uh, what else do you get there? I can Dave? still do one this week. Yeah, you'll do one this week. No do this one. I missed last week. Yeah, I was jet lagged. What else we got on there, Dave? Well, we've just reached a new goal, and we're working on a secret new project that we're going to keep the patrons informed yes. about. They're going to help us along, um, and it's a it's a it's sort of a, an audio visual project. That's right. We are creating an art installation projected onto the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> we've received a grant. Yeah. It's going to be sick. It's going to be me flipping off <laughs> Sydney. And it's going to look, we're going to make it look like it's made of horse shit. Yeah. Just like Mosquito Island. <laughs> um, you were listening. But, so if you go there to patreon.com slash pod, you can get involved. There's also a Facebook group that, that gives you access to mm. and other things that I'm forgetting right now, including no, shout outs. I think you've covered all of it. Yeah. We're going to do some shout outs right here, right now. <laughs> We are. And is this too obvious if we give them a title of something like he's the Prince of Poyer? Oh, maybe they have a role on Poyer. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. So oh, Poyer doesn't have any at, – at this you're stage right. there's no one there, so we need to fill some jobs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Right, and cool. he's telling people that, oh, yeah, we've already got these people. Look, this is uh, blah, blah, the uh, local yes. chemist. Well, from oh, Sam- Dave, don't waste any. <laughs> Now we can't use chemist. I should say, uh, used to live in Sandhurst, Victoria. Now, of course, lives in Poyer. Uh, <laughs> Riley Lockett. <gasps> Could it be a relation of Plugger? God, Tony Riley. Plugger, Surely if if Riley was a relation to Plugger, Riley would have let us know by now. Surely, Riley. Surely. Surely, Riley. Uh, we've never put it out there. If you are related to Tony Plugger Lockett, get in contact. Or Paul Kelly. <laughs> Let me know. Did you end up interviewing him? Um, I saw him. He walked past me. We made eye contact. It was the greatest moment of my life. I decided not to even ask if I could interview him. This is the weekend for context. The weekend just gone by. Yeah. You just you interviewed some people for the At community the, cup. Including the opposition leader of Australia. Yeah, I did. He was lovely. Lovely. Fella. He was so nice. Anthony Albanese. Yeah. Met him, had a good chat. He's delightful. Anyway, I thought... Because uh, Matt's tried once before to interview Paul Kelly and uh, he politely said no. Yeah. I did ask Dan Sultan, another musician who played, and he was very polite to me but said, like, oh, we're about to head off. Yeah. No, I can't do it. And I said, no worries. And I'm replaying that embarrassment in my head every day since. If it was Paul Kelly, I I don't want to think about what I would have done. No. If he'd said no, I would have. It took me a while to get over it. Yeah. He was so polite of about it. Of course he was. He's an angel. And but I mean, I really, and as soon as he said no, I'm like, I shouldn't have even asked. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Did you say that? I can't remember. Yeah. I spiraled, my head spiraled. You know, it was like one of those movies where the where the focus yeah. drops out and you're, they're sort of walking away from a scenario, everything blurs out and yeah. then they wake up the next day. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I have no idea what happened Just being the in the presence of Paul Kelly. But he walked past me as he came off stage and we kind of made eye contact and I was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Were you holding a microphone? Yes. <laughs> and he kept walking. Of course he did. He's not an idiot. Anyway, Anyhow, sorry, Riley, Riley Lockett. Riley Lockett. What's... Chemist. Locksmith. Ooh, oh, chemist slash locksmith. I guess we do have to do – we've got to field a lot of jobs. We've only got a lot six of, people And here. a lot of people are dying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're both the chemist and the locksmith after hours. Incredibly important job, though. Both yeah. of those. Both of those. Security is paramount. You're keeping everyone alive and everyone safe. Yeah. Riley, you are 
you are the backbone of this Be- society. Before the opera house is even built, it's got a lock on its door. Yeah. And that's important because we've got to keep the opera safe. Yeah. Thank you, you keep so- opera in an opera house, yes? Yeah, yes, you do. That's how you keep it. Dangerous to let it anywhere else. <laughs> thank you so much, Riley. I'd also love to thank from Boise, Idaho, which is... Boise! It's one of my favourite places to say. You love it? The capital I'd love to there? go there. Is that, is that spud country there? As I've said a million times before, Idaho Spuds Club is a T-shirt I used to wear. I don't know where I got it. I don't know if it makes any sense, but I assume that it's, it's spud country in Idaho. <laughs> There was a T-shirt with a potato reclining on a banana lounge with sunglasses on Oh, you've told us about that T-shirt. I, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> Where is it? It's got to be somewhere at home. Oh, great. If I find it, I'll, I'll definitely pull it out. Please. Um, so thank you from Boise, Idaho. It's Cody Kelshaw. Oh, potato peeler. Potato Just peeler. Just peeler, not a yeah. farmer. No, you got to peel those potatoes. But who's farming them? Well, Someone else. Someone else. Probably Spud Frawley, Tony Lockett's ex- Teammate and captain from also from Ballarat, I think. That is probably he it. He was a yeah. spud farmer, and that's why he goes, has the nickname Spud. It's a good nickname, <laughs> and it's creative. Is there a chance that uh, the St Kilda Football Club could uh, be moved? Yeah. To <laughs> you know, for fun, maybe, I mean, we just played a game in Shanghai a few weeks ago. Maybe we can play one game a year in <laughs> on, Poirier. On the Mosquito Coast. Yeah. On the swamps. So, so uh, Potato Peel, I got it, and also Chief of Police. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. But, I mean, we're saying their main job first and then yeah. their moonlighting yeah. second job. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's just, everyone's got two hats. Yeah. On, but the potato hat's his main hat. Thank so, you so yeah. much, Cody. Senior Sergeant Cody Kelshaw. Thank oh, you to Cody yeah. and Riley. Um, I'd also like to thank a few people, if I may. Please do. I'd like to thank, from Portland, what's MI? MI? Um, Michigan? Yeah, I think it's Michi- Michigan. Michigan? Michi- Michigan? <laughs> Is it Michigan? Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> or Mizzou? <laughs> no, I think that's MS. MS. No, it is Michigan. MR. Michigan. Poland in Michigan. I'd like to thank Steve Timon. Timon? Timon. Timon. <laughs> oh, well, obviously he'd be in menswear. Taylor. He's a yeah. tailor. Oh. Steve the toolman, Taylor Timon. Oh. Yes. So he's both a uh, home improvement. And also uh, tailoring yes. and so he's a and tailor and a handyman. Yeah, handyman. handyman. <laughs> <laughs> he's a handyman. <laughs> Say that again. He's a handyman. <laughs> handyman. I, I know I'm saying it wrong, but I'm, uh, I'll never get a double down. Never. Steve's a classic handyman name as well. Yeah. Steve. Oh, Steve Harahubby. I had a guy come over to my house the other day just to drill a hinge back on. His name was Charles, and I was Charles. like, "This does not match." <laughs> Charles. Charles. What was the hinge? I was on the security door at my house. Right on. And, uh, yeah, I got a really good property manager who gets onto that shit quick. That's great. And I love that Um, because I'll never own a home. Um, And I would also like to thank, thank you to Steve, I'd also like to thank from Andrews in Texas. Andrews. Didn't need to ask about that one. TX, a little bit obvious. Yeah. I'd like to thank Naomi. St. Andrews maybe even. Is it? Or maybe not. No. Is that is that st- is either street, street for the thing before or Saint for I think it's street. Oh, right. oh, we're giving away too much about this address now. <laughs> yeah. He's living on a street, street in Andrews. I'd like to thank Naomi Chapman. Naomi Chapman. She's also the oh. chaplain. Chaplain and pro golfer. Yes. So if you want to get a golf lesson, <laughs> you go to Naomi. Just on weekends. Pro on golfer. weekends. Yeah. Get one. Yeah. 
Actually, no, she's a chaplain, so she might be busy on Sundays. But maybe yeah. through the week she's got time for golf lessons. Yeah, and she plays the tournament on Saturday mornings. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. So through the week, golf lessons, tournament Saturdays, and then uh, chapel Sundays. Gosh, she's busy. Yeah. And she's also, you know, working on um, getting sort of club fittings done and that sort of stuff. Good heavens. Yeah. Busy lady. She's great. But, no, great. I mean, that's what we need in a new society. We need people who are busybodies and just get stuff done. Yeah. No, that's so what do you not think busybody. Of a busy <laughs> That's not a busy body. No. Uh, get busy with your body. We yeah. need doers. Yeah. You know, she's a doer. She's not a talker. She's a doer. I love that. She's not a gunner. She's a doer. Yeah. Yeah. No she's... doubt. Thank you, Naomi, Thank Steve, Cody you. and Riley. All Anyone right. else, Dave? I'd like to bring us home with a couple of people from the good old US of A. Yeah, they're all been US except for Riley so far today. Got two more coming up from... Uh, hmm. Trempolo, Wisconsin. Oh. oh Wisconsin. Was that the Midwest? I assume everything is in the Midwest. It is. It's a town of 1,600. In the Midwest? Yeah. Yes. Good job. 1,600. That's uh, a small town. Really small town. I would like to thank from there, Tyler Sokolik. Tyler Sokolik. Tyler. Tyler. I reckon once you named the town, Tyler was pretty confident it was them. Yeah. You know? You'd be like, this has got to be me, or there's someone else in the town listening. Okay. At which point i got to find them. Maybe they're my soulmate. Really? I don't know. That's what I'd be thinking. Really? Well, do you think that Tyler might be? I think, I think maybe an architect. Slash fortune teller. Yes. Obviously, still a lot of infrastructure, including all of it, needs to be built <laughs> and designed. And uh, people need to know whether that's going to happen on time, so they yeah. ask him. <laughs> Steve, fortunes. Steve needs to, he's building the stuff. Needs it to be designed, mm-hmm. and that's where Tyler comes in. Yep. So what ledge? And all, Steve's got to work off blueprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? What was Tyler's other job? Architect and uh, fortune teller. Fortune teller, right? Again, oh, weekends well. mostly. Two very important jobs. Yes, yeah. architect on the weekends, but obviously most of the job is five days a week reading fortunes. Yeah. Oh, okay. M- much more important. Much more important. Big yeah. Glass ball. You know, looking into it, moving the hands around. Yep. I don't a know lot, how it works. Lot, lot of Do you reckon they're reading some tarot cards? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. That's obviously a different job, but until the tarot reader gets into town, yeah. Yeah. Tyler will wear that, wear uh, the brunt of that. Thank you so much, Tyler. And finally, from Cheska, Minnesota. Cheska. I think that is a great town name, Cheska. It's very cool. I like Never heard of it, but I love it. I would like to thank Nolan Blazer. Nolan, Nolan Blazer. What's a good name, Nolan. 420. I was going to say, on the side, definitely pot dealer. dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Not just pot, actually. He's got everything. Nolan's, Nolan's name got takes, everything you need. Name tag says dealer. <laughs> but then also, during the week, real estate agent wearing, mm. a, wearing a red blazer called uh, Red Blazer Real Estate. That's but a little nod and a wink. Yeah. Everyone knows inside that inner pocket of the blazer. Every inspection is set at 4.20 p.m. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He says, welcome to blazers. Blazer. (laughs) Let's blaze. Hey, let's talk money. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, the sound of a lighter. (laughs) Wow. What's that? The man of a thousand noises. What number was that? Uh, That was 77. (laughs) Great. I, Great. I should get you to read out the lottery numbers because that was good. 70, uh, 70, seven, uh, seven there. <laughs> Two bent over ladies. <laughs> 77. <laughs> Thank you to Nolan Blazer. Do they have a joke for every number? I think so. How? 
Wow. Well, I don't know about joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, joke is a kind term, isn't it? I can't think. What are, I can't think of any of them. They'll say something like two fat ladies, eighty-eight, eighty-eight legs, eleven legs, eleven. Great. That's all I can think of. Yeah, sixty-nine. Did having it a for good two. time. <laughs> <laughs> Three yeah. boobs on the side. <laughs> or a bum. <laughs> Eight boobs and bum mm. together. Yeah, <laughs> they're all sexy. Yeah, they're all, they're very, all very, very, very sexy. sexy. Legs eleven gets me hot. <laughs> Uh, I didn't like your face just then. Oh, no one got to see it apart from you too, so enjoy that. And bad. thanks to everyone that supports us on Patreon, of course. You make the world of difference to us. Yes. You do, and we love you very much for it. We are, and I, you say you couldn't see his face. I'm, I'm really keen to do this, just start putting the camera in the corner so people, so the YouTube videos are just the videos. We don't even have to put a picture on it. It's just us. People have asked for it every week for the last little while. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, you keep talking about it and you never set up the camera. Well, I mean... There's three of us here. Why is it always on me? Where's the camera? It's in the, like, two doors down. In your office? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to pry in there. You pry every time you come by. (laughs) We're not invited in there, Matt. You're not vampires. I just like to come say hello. This isn't Sunnyvale or wherever Buffy lives. Don't touch anything in my office. Okay, I won't. Thank you. Anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've established that rule. So that brings us to the end of the bloody episode. I cannot believe it. What a ride. Thanks so much, everyone, for coming and joining us here. What a good time. In the pod zone, as we always say. Yeah, we do always say that. (laughs) Um, Anything else we need to tell people about? Obviously, the Brisbane shows, get involved. Yep. If you go to uh, dogoonpod.com, all the info's there. Mm -hmm. You can find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dogoonpod. And there are some, you know, there's a bunch of live videos up there. There's also one studio episode we recorded a while back about Terere. You can see that. Oh, yeah. Us just sitting at a table. In yeah, London. But, but in London. I mean, there's a picture of some some beautiful London phone booths behind That's us. That's true. You can tell we're in London. Yes. We had that installed. If people <laughs> bug me enough this week, I'll, I'll bring the camera out uh, for next week. Why would you invite the bugging? Because if they don't bug, I'll know not to bother. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, cool. Quite if, a good point. It's not worth their hassle if it, if no one wants it. Fair enough. Um, and, yeah, if, if everything's pretty much to go on pod. Um, please uh, tell your friends, if you can, to listen in if you think they might enjoy it. It's the best way of spreading the good word, keeping it all rolling along. And, yeah, get in touch if you have anything you want to tell us at dogoonpod at gmail.com or on our social medias. Yeah, that's just about it, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. That's Dave saying shut up. No, that's me yeah. saying thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Have and a great you, week. If you are all up to date with Do Go On, you should check out our other two podcasts, Book Cheat, where Dave takes a book and reads it so you don't have to. It's a classic book. I thought he cheated on them. No. Oh. He, he bones other books. The whole episode <laughs> is him just making out with a different book. Yeah. <laughs> Cop this war and peace. Moby Dick tastes great. <laughs> oh, that was worse than- <laughs> Anything I'd imagine. <laughs> and I also do a podcast called Primates, and it's about primates and popular culture, and that's a whole heap of bloody fun. Um, and you can find them on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, we'll see you next week. And as we always say here, <laughs> on Do Go On, fuck off, fuckos. <laughs> nah, love you, love you. Bye, <laughs> latest. Goodbye. That's how Matt leaves the house. <laughs> fuck off, fuck it. Nah, love you. Bye.
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.